0: chapter 4 of the secret mark by roy j snell this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by leanne howlett chapter 4 what the gargoyle might tell frank morrow was the type of man any girl might be glad to claim as a friend he had passed his 65th birthday and for 35 years he had been a dealer in old books yet he was neither stooped nor near-sighted. A man of broad shoulders and robust frame, he delighted as much in a low morning score at golf as he did in the discovery of a rare old book. His hair was white, but his cheeks retained much of their ruddy glow. His quiet smile gave to all who visited his shop a feeling of genuine welcome, which they did not soon forget. His shop, like himself, reflected the new era which has dawned in the old book business men have come to realize that age lends worth to books that possessed real worth in the beginning and they are coming to house them well on one of the upper floors of a modern business block frank morrow's shop was flooded with sunshine and fresh air a potted plant bloomed on his desk the books arranged neatly without a painful effort at order presented the appearance of some rich gentleman's library. A darker corner, a room by itself, to the right and back, suggested privacy and seclusion, and here Frank Morrow's finds were kept. Many of them were richly bound and autographed. The wise and the rich of the world passed through Frank Morrow's shop, for in his brain there rested knowledge which no other living man could impart. Did a bishop wish to purchase an out-of-print book for his ecclesiastical library he came to frank morrow to ask where it might be found did the prince of the steel market wish a folio edition of audubon's birds of america he came to frank and somewhere in boston new york philadelphia frank found it for him authors came to him and artists as well not so much for what he could find for them as for what he might impart in the way of genial friendship and the lore of books It was to this man in this shop that Lucille made her way next morning. She was not prepared to confide in him to the extent of telling him the whole story of her mystery, for she did not know him well. He was her father's friend, that was all. She did wish to tell him that she was in trouble, and to ask his opinion of the probable value of the set of Shakespeare, which had been removed from the university library. "'Well, now,' He smiled as he adjusted his glasses after she had asked her question. "'I'll be glad to help you if I can. But I'm not sure that I can. There are Shakespeare's and other Shakespeare's. I don't know the university set. Didn't buy it for them. Probably a donation from some rich man. It might be a folio edition. In that case, well—' He paused and smiled again. I trust you haven't burned this Shakespeare by mistake, nor had it stolen from your room or anything like that. No, oh, no, not, nothing like that, exclaimed Lucille. Well, as I was about to say, I found a very nice folio edition for a rich friend of mine not so very long ago. The sale of it, I think, was the record for this city. It cost him eighteen thousand dollars. Lucille gasped. "'then sat staring at him in astonishment. Eighteen thousand dollars!' "'she managed to murmur at last. "'Of course you understand that was a folio edition. "'Very rare. "'There are other old editions that are cheaper, much cheaper.' "'I... I hope so,' murmured Lucille. "'Would you like to see some old books "'and get a notion of their value?' he asked. "'Indeed I would.' Step in here. He led the way into the mysterious dark room. There he switched on a light to reveal walls packed with books. Here's a little thing, he smiled, taking down a volume which would fit comfortably into a man's coat pocket. Walton's complete angler. It's a first edition, bound in temporary binding, vellum. What would you say it was worth? I... I couldn't guess... "'Please don't make me,' Lucille pleaded. Sixteen hundred dollars.' "'Again Lucille stared at him in astonishment. "'That little book?' "'You see,' he said, motioning her a seat. "'Rare books, like many other rare things, "'derive their value from their scarcity. "'The first edition of this book was very small. "'Being small and comparatively cheap,' THE LARGER NUMBER OF THE BOOKS WERE WORN OUT, DESTROYED, OR LOST, SO THE REMAINING BOOKS HAVE COME TO POSSESS GREAT VALUE. THE STORY... HE CAME TO AN ABRUPT PAUSE, ARRESTED BY A LOOK OF ASTONISHMENT ON THE GIRL'S FACE AS SHE GAZED AT THE BOOK HE HELD. WHY, WHAT, HE BEGAN. THAT! Lucile POINTED TO A RAISED MONOGRAM IN THE UPPER INSIDE COVER OF THE BOOK. "'A private mark,' explained Morrow. "'Many rich men and men of noble birth in the past "'had private marks which they had put in their books. "'The custom seems to be as old as books themselves. "'Men do it still. "'Let's see. What is that one?' "'An embossed L around two sides of the picture of a gargoyle,' "'said Lucille in as steady a tone as she could command. "'Ah, yes, a very unusual one.' In all my experience, I have seen but five books with that mark in them. All have passed through my hands during the past two years. And yet this mark is a very old one. See how yellow the paper is? Probably some foreign library. Many rare books came across the sea during the war. I believe—he paused to reflect, then said with a tone of certainty— Yes, I know that mark was in the folio edition of Shakespeare, which I sold last year. His words caught Lucille's breath. For the moment she could neither move nor speak. The thought that the set of Shakespeare taken from the library might be the very set sold to the rich man and worth eighteen thousand dollars struck her dumb. Fortunately, the dealer did not notice her distress, but pointing to the bookmark went on if that gargoyle could talk now if it could tell its story and the story of the book it marks what a yarn it might spin for instance his eyes half closed as the theme gripped him this mark is unmistakably continental french or german french i'd say from the form of the l and the type of gargoyle many men of wealth and of noble birth on the continent have had large collections of books printed in english this little book with the gargoyle on the inside of its cover is a hundred years old it's a young book as ancient books go yet what things have happened in its day it has seen wars and bloodshed the library in which it has reposed may have been the plotting places of kings knights and dukes or of rebels and regicides it may have witnessed domestic tragedies what great man may have contemplated the destruction of his wife WHAT NOBLE LADY MAY HAVE WHISPERED IN ITS PRESENCE OF SOME SECRET LOVE? WHAT YOUTHS AND MAIDS MAY HAVE SLIPPED AWAY INTO ITS QUIET CORNER TO UTTER MURMURS OF ETERNAL DEVOTION? IT MAY HAVE BEEN STOLEN, BEEN CARRIED AWAY AS BOOTY IN WAR, BEEN PAWNED WITH ITS MATES TO SECURE A nobleman's RANSOM. OH, I TELL YOU, HE SMILED AS HE READ THE INTEREST IN HER FACE, THERE IS ROMANCE IN OLD BOOKS, THRILLING ROMANCE. WHOLE LIBRARIES HAVE BEEN STOLEN AND SECRETLY DISPOSED OF. CHESTS OF BOOKS HAVE BEEN CAPTURED BY PIRATES. HERE IS A BOOK, A COPY OF MARCO POLO'S TRAVELS, A FIRST-EDITION COPY WHICH, TRADITION TELLS US, WAS ONCE OWNED BY THE RENOWNED PIRATE CAPTAIN Kidd. I AM TOLD HE WAS FOND OF READING. HOWEVER THAT MAY BE, THERE CERTAINLY WERE MEN OF LEARNING AMONG HIS CREW, THERE NEVER WAS A SUCCESSFUL GANG OF THIEVES THAT DID NOT HAVE AT LEAST ONE COLLEGE MAN IN IT. HE CHUCKLED AT HIS OWN WITTICISM, AND LUCILLE SMILED WITH HIM. WELL, HE SAID, RISING, IF THERE IS ANYTHING I CAN DO FOR YOU AT ANY TIME, DROP IN AND ASK ME. I AM ALWAYS AT THE SERVICE OF FAIR YOUNG LADIES. ONE NEVER GROWS TOO OLD FOR THAT. BESIDES, YOUR FATHER WAS MY VERY GOOD FRIEND. LUCILLE THANKED HIM took a last look at the pocket volume worth sixteen hundred dollars made a mental note of the form of its gargoyle then handed it to him and left the room she little dreamed how soon and under what strange circumstances she would see that book again she left the shop of frank morrow in a strange state of mind she felt that she should turn the facts in her possession over to the officials of the library and allow them to deal with the child and the old man yet there was something mysterious about it all, that collector of books, doubtless worth a fortune, and surroundings which betokened poverty, the strange bookmark, the look on the old man's face as he fingered the volume of Shakespeare. How explain all these? If the university authorities or the police handled the case, would they take time to solve these mysteries? To handle the case in such a way as would not hasten the death of this feeble old man, "'nor blight the future of this strange child? "'She feared not. "'Life, the life of a child, "'is of greater importance than is an ancient volume,' "'she told herself at last. "'And with the help of Florence and perhaps of Frank Morrow "'I will solve the mystery myself, "'yes, even if it cost me my position and my hope for an education.' "'She paused to stamp the pavement, "'then hurried away toward the university.' End of chapter 4